Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. Well, hello and welcome, everybody. Get your asses inside. We have another thrilling, exciting interview queued up for you today. I'm shopkeeper Dan. With me, as always, is Kyle, creator of FinancialNeptitude.com. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm doing all right. I'm a little sore. Uh, second week of mowing my own lawn has not been fun. <laughs> oh, and I take it you don't have a ride-on mower? No, it is self-propelled, but that doesn't seem to make much difference. Yeah. Also, my yeah. wife decided to chop down every single hedge. So I had to clear all the debris out before I could even mow this morning. <laughs> the joys of home ownership. You don't even have any kids to make them do the yard work. Like they would. <laughs> like they would. Kids <laughs> these days. <laughs> uh, anyway, folks, we're so excited you're joining us today because we got here in the shop none other than Dr. Bruce Liu. How are you doing today, Dr. Bruce? I'm doing all right. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me here. Good to be here. Where are you located, Bruce? Are you in... Um, Shanghai or uh, Beijing? I'm supposed to be in New York City, but I came oh. back to China <laughs> and uh, last September. And uh, thanks to COVID here, I got stuck in Beijing. So right now I'm in Beijing. <laughs> oh man, how long have you, when were you supposed to come back? Well, like, uh, well, my plan was going back to New York City at the end of like, you know, the first quarter. And now like things are getting tricky here. Uh, and a lot of things Oof. going on, I'm thinking might just, you know, uh, uh, stay a little bit longer. Well, in all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, COVID hit by <laughs> as well. It's getting worse. <laughs> Doesn't sound like you have much choice. <laughs> no, no, not at all. And uh, hopefully, hopefully I can get back, you know, you know, the end of summer. Uh, that's my new plan. Fingers crossed, guys. <laughs> you think it'll be that long? Well, you know, I, a lot of things going on here. I, I, I have zero like uh, conviction how this gonna end. You know, so mm -hmm. you know, uh, I don't know. Like, uh, <laughs> let's see how this goes. Because <laughs> I, I think that's one of the things when like China did their first lockdowns, like they were pretty heavy and hard with what they did, but it seemed like they were able to loosen the restrictions sooner because they were so aggressive initially. Well, you know, the rumor says, and now rumor actually the issue of the report like this weekend, you know, Shanghai is opening up gradually oh. in the, uh, the middle of this month. Well, you know, a lot, a lot of like debates, you know, like how serious they are opening up and how gradual, you know, it could be. We just don't know. Mm. Uh, but in Beijing, it's actually getting more serious, you know, really? and half of the, the, the city is like, you have to stay home. It's a semi-lockdown. You know, uh, you're now allowed to go to work and, uh, go, you know, just stay at home. <laughs> that's basically, that's the message. Stay at home. Don't, you right. know, don't get into troubles. <laughs> 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 but the good thing is, you know, I, yeah, you probably have heard, like, uh, heard all, like, saw, you know, seen the, the, the videos and pictures of you know, people in Shanghai, they couldn't get the, the food, you know, at the very beginning, the lockdown. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, that was not the case so far here yet. You know, we got like enough supply. I'm not worried about that. And so that's the the good side of the whole situation. <laughs> yeah. So you should be safe then. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bruce, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, Esoterica Capital? Um, you started that in 2019. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, yes. You know, uh, uh, the beginning of like 2019, uh, we, I, you know, I left the firm, the hedge fund, you know, uh, my previous hedge fund, you know, got a chance to do something new. And mm-hmm. then, you know, uh, with the partners I have right now, and uh, we thought like, you know, because at the time we saw this, you know, the, the digital economy, economy, 5G cycle just getting started. Mm. Uh, let's, let's work on that. Uh, you know, and uh, back then we thought about like doing a, another hedge fund, but then we figured out like the more exciting thing to do is actually more focusing on the retail investors. And for retail investors, you know, uh, ETF is the best, uh, you know, the, the, the instrument. Mm-hmm. And uh, we actually get a little inspired by Kathy's, you know, arc. <laughs> to be oh, honest no. with you. <laughs> Poor <laughs> Kathy. <laughs> doing great now. <laughs> I have to be very honest with you guys on that one. Yeah, but I, I figured that's a good way to, you know, really help the retail investors, you know, mm-hmm. help them to invest, the, you know, uh, 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 the, the growth, the same themes and the ETF is the way to go. So we set up Asterica Capital, really focusing on the ETF products and uh, spend a year, uh, you know, getting the, the infrastructure ready. We have our own trust and getting, you know, all the service providers in line. And uh, fortunately, you know, uh, uh, March 2020, we, 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 we took advantage of the bottom of the market, launched the product. Oh. So it's been a, a little bit more than two years. That sounds like an excellent time to jump in. Yeah, <laughs> oh, you know, wow. <laughs> was that just luck or was that planned? Oh, actually, that's a good story to tell. Uh, we were uh, going to launch at the end of like a February. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we saw like things are getting you know ugly, and we have our own market cycle indicators. You know we we keep using those like tools because we do use like a top down macro view to help our investment process. And we, we we did see that coming, so we you know we want to be conservative. We wait and wait until the middle of March. If you guys remember, Fed just threw out all the tools they can leverage within two weeks. You know a time frame. Mm-hmm. And after that, we felt like oh, this is time to get in. And we pulled the trigger. And uh, fortunately, I think that's a great, you're right. No, that's a great time to <laughs> launch the fund. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Should make your 21 number or 2020 and 21 numbers look really good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 2020, we did great in almost 100%. I'm, I, 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 you know, I was more proud, you know, like what we did last year. Last year was tough for growth managers. You can remember. Yeah. We can still put up like, you know, very healthy numbers, 20 past number like a percent so uh you know uh, uh uh that's 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 last year this year is is even tougher <laughs> right i think this year is going to be tough for everybody though yeah especially for growth managers you know you're mm-hmm. just you know it's precisely it's just killing everything you do uh but we'll get through this you know it's 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 been like almost like half a year it started like in november yeah it should uh, mean a lot of things go on sale for you, though, too, right? Uh, yeah, it's, it's just, you know, uh, man, like, <laughs> <laughs> this is like a decade, it feels like, you know, uh, <laughs> so much. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's, I, I like it. It's, it's a challenge. That's where you grow your muscles. Yeah, we, you can just get better. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fund that you launched is uh, uh, symbol W-U-G-I, Woogie? Yeah, Is that Wuzi? the pronunciation? Yeah, that's how you speak uh, 5G in Chinese. Oh, <laughs> okay. People call it Wuji, you know. If you say Wuji in Asia, a lot of people know what you mean. Ah, <laughs> oh, that makes sense. All right. Yeah. Oh, well, you know. Why, why is 5G such a big deal then? I see a lot of people talking about it, but like the switch from like 3G to 4G didn't really seem to be all that, you know, life-changing. Yeah, you're right, you know. It, it, probably I need to explain this a little bit. It's, it's, we use 5G is to describe the whole cycle. You know, 4G is mobile internet, right? Uh-huh. So we just people happen to say this is a 4G cycle, and the next 10 years, maybe 15 years, that's be 5G cycle. 
it's not only about the 5G technology itself. It's a lot about the, like all the things it enables. Okay. Put the cloud together, low latency. You know, you, you, now you get edge computing. You got new applications. It's the whole package rather than just a 5G. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's that's where we are coming from, at least. <laughs> All right, that makes sense. So, what are some of the companies that are in the holdings of the fund right now? Uh, well, to be honest with you, right now the largest holding is cash. <laughs> oh, <that's> smart. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we yeah. took advantage of the March. You know, mar- market came back a little bit. Uh, you know, toward the end of March, we mm-hmm. uh, we caught some. You know, as an ETF fund, I, I'm allowed to hold as much as twenty percent of cash. Right now mm-hmm. we have close to twenty. I think that's the right thing I did. You know, at least you know. Oh, yeah. I feel good yes. for the, all the investors. We saw this is the end of cycle. I need to be conservative and having some like a dry powder on the sideline, and to you know hopefully buy the dips later on. Uh, yeah, and uh, we balance the exposure. We move towards the large cap. If you saw the the largest holdings now, we got uh, uh, AMD. Uh, that's the name we really like and mm-hmm. high convictions. We got uh, Microsoft, we got uh, Marvel, Qualcomm, and uh, uh, TSMC, NVIDIA, uh, uh, you know, all those, you know, we, we, we did move the portfolio more towards, you know, uh, large cap, high quality growth. I think that's where mm-hmm. you should, at this point of time, that's where you should hold, uh, you know, uh, your portfolio at. Uh, the, the assumption is, you know, even we get a recess, recession, this is a name I'm, I feel very comfortable to hold through. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, AMD uh, is something that we've followed for quite some time. Uh, wh- what do you like so much about it? Like, what's the, what, what makes you want to be the, the investor? Okay. You know, that's a lot of things to talk about, like AMD. We like Lisa Sue a lot, a lot of like, respect to her. Mm-hmm. She saved the company. You know, we followed the company right. since she took over the CEO role. She has done everything right, you know, and nothing spectacular. She doesn't do anything magical. It's, we call it a boring execution. She just mm. has been executing so well, so well, you know, and uh, uh, de-risk the company at the very beginning, you know, pay down all the debts and uh, having the road, new roadmap, just, then just execute. And uh, the product is just getting better and also collaborate with, collaborate, you know, Dump the uh, global foundry and collaborate with collaborate with TSMC. That's a brilliant move. That helps mm-hmm. hugely on the quality of their products. Now you know AMD is becoming gradually becoming a platform. You know, a portfolio play. It's not just like a single product. Of mm-hmm. course, now the, everything is all about how they gaining the market share in data center. You know, cloud uh, uh, server market. That's right. that's that's how the whole thesis is all about. And and uh, this is just again they're executing so well in the last quarter they even revised up the, the growth you know <laughs> even oh, really? this environment that's that's just not an easy thing to do and uh, so much you know visibility is so well so good and uh, they you know voluntarily to uh, to uh, uh, de-risk the, the weakness in PC and uh, so I think Lisa Su is is has been managing the company. Uh, you know, fantastically. Uh, we just l- love everything they do. And th- this is just the start of, you know, the whole journey. And they have a long, long journey, you know, ahead. As long as, mm-hmm. you know, a, a semiconductor is eating the whole world. That's that's our <laughs> motto. <laughs> Not software anymore. Semi. Semi is coming to the play. Really? So you're like software as a service you think is uh, is on the decline? Uh, no, no, no! Don't, uh, okay. uh, don't get me wrong. And, uh, I didn't uh, think so. I was gonna. Do I need to dump my Salesforce? Is that <laughs> no? <laughs> two major, two major, like you know, investment thesis in our portfolio. One is semiconductors. It's mm-hmm. you have this circular growth because the, the semiconductor is increasing everywhere, right? Uh, mm-hmm. in, in, thanks to cloud, thanks to AI, thanks to big data. You know, everything comes down to you know. Computing, computing needs what needs needs a semi. Mm-hmm. Another pillar is just this is you know uh, SaaS software as a services, and uh, uh, people are moving you know their workload to to cloud, and uh, you know on top of the cloud you know infrastructure, you build all kinds of you know softwares, infrastructure layers, application layers, and mm-hmm. uh, that's another revolution uh, where we have been going through. And the, the companies, you know, you are familiar with the old generation, you know, Salesforce, 
SAP, Adobe, you know,、mm-hmm. we like new ones. <laughs> oh, really? You know, old ones are good, still good. You know, don't get me wrong; they are very, you know, high quality place. You know, ServiceNow, Workdays, you know, but we、mm-hmm. like exciting, exciting place. Although you know, in the past like six months, you know, the valuation part, the multiples got just you know, <laughs>、uh, <laughs> right? This destroyed. That's 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 a macro like a factor. It's because the interest rates is rising. And it's killing the you know the the multiples, but the, the fundamentals take Datadog for example,、mm-hmm. and it keeps growing at very very high speed. And uh, uh, security layers, all the security names, you know,、uh, let's forget the stock price for for you know for a minute for a second. Right, their underlying business are still keep growing, growing growing very well. And、uh, even the old boys like Microsoft, we like Microsoft so much because they keep. Reinventing themselves, and、uh, mm-hmm. every layer on the SaaS、uh, in the, this SaaS game, and you can find the influence, the impact, and the dominance of of you know Microsoft. Right,、uh, they have been doing so well. Uh, uh, who else?、Uh, Snowflake, you guys probably know that as well.、Uh, expensive, yes,、uh, but you know underlying business, you know the momentum is still there, and keep growing. Uh, the downside is, you know, they, they're still quite expensive stock, so you have to be a little bit more careful. That's one of the reasons why I've always liked Salesforce because <laughs> it's it's put up like fifteen percent, fifteen twenty percent growth every year. It seems like、mm-hmm. like and they've been doing that for what nearly a decade at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I think all the you know that's how you gauge how you judge you know, you know a, a, a good you know SaaS company. You have、mm-hmm. to be able to. Keep up, you know. Keep growing like that, you know. That's and also at the same time growing,、uh, growing your margins. You know, you have、right. to have like two cylinders, you know, to justify the valuation people give you. I'm、um, going back to AMD for a minute. Do you have any?、Uh, what you, what's your feelings on Intel? Do you think Intel will be able to、uh, stem the bleeding? Because you mentioned the the AMD taking server. Server share, and that's something that Dan and I have been looking at、uh, since we started doing this podcast.、Mm-hmm. Was AMD eating into that lead?、Uh, Intel doesn't seem like one to stay down for too long, and AMD and Intel over the history of the two companies seem like they kind of always flip flopped over who was the better, who provided the better、uh, product for the cost. Do you see that cycle continuing, or do you think AMD is just a clear leader at this point? Uh, well, like、uh, two companies, I、uh, you know go you know two companies go way back. You know, if you guys remember back in like a, before two o eight, right? That that was a long time back. And at the one point, you know, AMD. Sorry, I'm telling you guys a very interesting story. It might take a little bit. <laughs> a little no, bit that's、longer. fine. Please.、Yeah. Uh, back then, you know, AMD、uh, had a similar momentum, just like they they have right now, and、uh, mm-hmm. good products. Uh, decent products, but a much cheaper price, and uh, you know, uh, 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 getting the market share from Intel. Uh, but uh, you know, when Intel decided to to kill their momentum,、uh, Intel lowered the price. Also,、uh, at the same time, you know, kind of like AMD messed it up. You know, they、mm-hmm. they use they didn't use like a TSMC back then. They used the other like a foundry, and uh, you know, uh, they don't have the 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 real like the technology, the manufacturing process to really support the product AMD、mm-hmm. wanted to have. So like AMD、uh, after that, AMD almost went bankrupt and really got into troubles. So when this time around, when Lisa Su took over the the the,、uh, the CEO role, AMD coming back with excellent products, gaining you know market shares, and、uh, people were suspicious. Are they gonna <laughs> repeat you know that failure again? You know. Right. And also, Intel is gonna just kill them, like what they did last time.、Uh, this time is actually different. Like、uh, two things. First of all, AMD has been, like we mentioned earlier, has been executing really well and、uh, high quality products. They are not just focusing on the low end anymore. It's used to、mm-hmm. be just they compete at the same level, the same quality of products, but the cheaper price. This time around, they have actually better quality, you know, product out there. And、uh, that's really thanks thanks to the uh, uh, the uh, the foundry process, you know, provided by TSMC.、Uh, the, right. Oh, two companies really collaborating really well.、Uh, of course, you know, AMD has their own like you know redesigned uh, uh, inf- uh, the, the 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 architecture for their you know、uh, chips. 
right. two things together that's really making them like stand out. At the same time, you know, you know, the success of AMD uh, uh, also relies on you know, uh, kind of like Intel messes up. Uh, mostly messing up their <laughs> manufacturing process. Even yes. now, that's where their trouble is, you know, right? Uh, and that's They try to fix it, they keep delaying it. Now the whole story is, by 2025, you think, they think Intel is gonna, uh, uh, you know, catch up, is gonna mm-hmm. catch up, catching up with the, the TSMC manufacturing process. That's the biggest bet Intel is having right now. They mm-hmm. almost bet on everything on that. If they mess it up, I think they're gone. Wow. Uh, so this is, you know, yeah, that's in our opinions. And this is not looking good, to be honest with you, even now. They're just telling the investors, the community, a story. You just, you just cannot, like, you know, <laughs> prove they're wrong. You have to wait until 2025, you know, uh, say if they can make it, uh, you know, break it. If they could, they could. I wouldn't. I would want to bet against them personally. Uh, they still have really good architecture, like the, the designs. Like even their eleven nanometer chips, I think is what they they were on when AMD was releasing the sevens. Mm-hmm. Were still on par. The problem is more with their like a manufacturing process, you know. Right. Uh, that that's something they have to fix. Mm-hmm. And the new CEO is really, really, you know, uh, I think <laughs> has done his best. Yeah. And uh, using all the resources, even make this a political weapon, if you know what I mean. <laughs> right, trying to bring the manufacturing back to the states. And uh, get all the fundings from the states and from the, all the go- governments uh, around the world. Mm-hmm. Basically, that's, that's, you know, himself said that, you know. like uh, you know, <laughs> But didn't Microsoft also uh, work out some sort of deal with TSMC? Well, uh, when you see uh, Microsoft, it's you know all like uh, actually uh, uh, all the uh, hyperscalers, you know the the cloud vendors, uh-huh. they all try to you know make their own chips, customize their own chips, so to support their workload. Mm-hmm. Actually, Amazon did the most. Oh, really? Amazon did the most. Yeah, uh, Amazon is. Uh, I think like almost like uh, I forgot the number, so I have to really talk to our semi analyst. Uh, you know, but you know, a very significant part of their workload is actually run on amazon's own like you know chips mm-hmm. and this is the trend all the big boys in the cloud they try to customize their uh, own you know uh, build their own chips and the gpu cpu yeah that makes sense because uh, like amazon's got really big data centers them microsoft so it makes sense if you're running your own data center that you'd want to have your own product that you can put in there Vertical integration. That way you can run your workload more. You can optimize your workload, you know, from the hardware, to, from the chip level to the software level. That's, that's what's mm-hmm. going on in this, you know. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, um, that's, that's, that's how things are getting so powerful. <laughs> that's also a, another reason we like Marvel. You know, Marvel is actually the guy who can help, you know, uh, uh, all those boys and uh, companies to do their uh, customized, uh, you know, uh, uh, chips. Oh, is that different than the Marvel Universe, the movies? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Disney owns said them. that. I was like, wait a minute, is he talking about? <laughs> D- Disney owns them. Okay, that makes more sense. So, is that sort of like uh, the Zillinx uh, acquisition that AMD made? Like you're talking about the configurable chips. No, it's no, not not like that. It's it's they they just help like you know, uh, hyperscalers customize their own like you know chips. Uh-huh. Uh, now like FPTA, that's a different uh, you know uh, uh, product. Okay, more like ASICs and uh, also ARM based stuff. I was looking through your website on Esoterica and noticed all the um, resources that you offer. There's a whole bunch of white papers. There's libraries. You do monthly investment letters. Oh, I was just wondering if you could speak to to some of the things that you guys post on there and why you do it. Well, you know, uh, well, mentioned earlier, we want to serve like a, you know retail investors and uh, uh, having having the uh, a good high quality product is just part of the equation. Mm-hmm. And you have to you know do the proper uh, investor education. That's how you build the trust. And uh, by the way, you know the the team here is really like into research, and uh, I, I think that's our DNA. <laughs> <laughs> So we, we, we try our best, you know, uh, just share, sharing what we have learned in the process, how we think about the market uh, from both the top down and bottom up, you know, because, you know, this, mm-hmm. uh, 
we analyze companies, is particular growth companies. But at the same time, that's one thing I think we're very differentiated from other like growth managers. We pay a lot of attention to the global macro as well, and because uh, two things really go together, mm-hmm. and you have to manage both the process. So you know, then we just try our best, try our best, and sharing our thoughts, and we post as much as we can. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Uh, I like it. I was reading through your monthly investment letter. One of the things uh, from the most recent one in April, uh, you mentioned the, I think the headline, uh, the title here is the Fed has a neutral rate problem. Uh, could you speak <laughs> more to, to what that means? Okay. Because they don't seem like they're neutral. It seems like they're increasing. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, first of all, like a neutral rate. So that's, that's, it, it, it actually, you know, you know, it, it, it means something. Mm-hmm. That's the policy rate, you know, uh, Fed thinks, and uh, it's neither, you know, accommodative nor, you know, restrictive. Okay, okay. That's what that means, you know. That's eventually, that's where Fed wants to go. That's the right, mm-hmm. you know, uh, interest rate we, we, we should be able to ha- have. And uh, now it feels to us, it feels to us, you know, uh, in that monthly letter, it's, it's a little bit like a too technical sometimes. And uh, uh, so we share some charts mm-hmm. and uh, that helps people to understand what that means. But at the end of the day, you know, uh, Fed has their dot plot and there is a longer run dot plot. That's where Fed thinks, you know, neutral rate should be. Mm-hmm. And the market also has their market implied in neutral rate. That's just how market is pricing in this. Historically speaking, and the market is just using Fed as a guidance, that dot plot, longer run you know, neutral rate uh, as a guidance, as an anchor, mm-hmm. and never really like seriously challenge it. But this time around, and the market especially coming into April, you know, uh, the one we got bad inflation prints and the one uh, uh, people like James Bollard and uh, John Williams came to the market telling people, okay, we need to do more. Right. We need to do 75 bips hikes. Although later on, you know, our, our chairman dismissed it, you know, and, uh, but that did scare the market and uh, uh, market were not sure. And uh, if they should follow the Fed's guidance, mm-hmm. and uh, if even get if the Fed knows where the neutral rate is, <laughs> uh, you know if that possible. Actually, that's that's you know even now I think people, that's a back and forth. That's where the the, the the in our mind that's the biggest risk we have, you know, in the market so far. Uh, uh, you know, market starts to challenge the Fed. You know, if you look at this market implied. A uh, 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 neutral rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, technically speaking, that's the OIS five year, five year forward. It has it has gone beyond what the Fed has, you know, guided, mm-hmm. and uh, that's really spooked the market. You know, why the April we felt so miserably because the you know <laughs> because of that, you know, the rates market have been challenging. You know, this assumption, and you see the rates rates market has a huge volatilities mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, you know, uh, we have a long belief, you know, interest rate, especially neutral rate, is the anchor to the, the, the valuation, is the anchor, really the anchor to the valuation of all the risky assets, credit, or, you know, uh, equities, and commodities. Mm-hmm. So when your anchor is, is volatile, is, you know, up and down so much, that volatility is got spilled over and amplified. So that's why what we saw. Uh, you know, in April, even into the, the first two weeks of May. And uh, uh, I think that's what's going on in the market space. We have to wait until 
you know, uh, market either feel comfortable with this neutral rate assumption uh, provided by the Fed, mm -hmm. or maybe you don't get surprised. You know, in in in, in June, uh, Fed might has to adjust up their you know neutral rate assumption. Mm -hmm. uh, if you uh, look at the the block, this uh, I actually mentioned that in in the monthly letter, uh, Neil Kashkari, uh, right, and uh, he used to be the 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 dovish person on the committee, uh -huh. he started challenging his own estimate of a neutral rate. Oh. To me, that scares oh. the market, right? <laughs> what? what? <laughs> yeah, that's not good. No, you know, look at his blog on, the, you know, on, on their website. And uh, so I think that in the grand scheme of things, that's what's going on. Uh, uh, that's why April, even in the first two weeks of May, we felt so miserable. How much faith do you think people still have that the Fed knows what they're doing after the way they, after spending a year calling inflation transitory? <laughs> I know, I know. And, uh, <laughs> they made a mistake last year, and uh, you know, to their credit, uh, they 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 realized the problem. Like the uh, uh, the I think that's after uh, September, uh, you know, the fourth quarter. I think in that last year, mm -hmm. they realized this, especially when they say this, you know. ECI index really, you know, accelerating, and uh, the Fed realized that they made a mistake. Uh, uh, they tried to fix it quickly. They did actually, and uh, that's why they were so aggressive since the November. Mm -hmm. And the market has responded right because all the growth names started like you know rolling over uh, last November, and uh, this year January coming into January they accelerated. They became even more aggressive. I don't think a lot of people were saying, "Oh, Fed is so behind the curve." I don't think so. I think Fed has has caught up, mm -hmm. and it, things just you know took time uh, to work out. Mm -hmm. But still, like you know, given what's going on in Ukraine, Russia, and given you know even China uh, put throw that into the equation, and uh, you just don't have visibility. There isn't, mm -hmm. and so you have like a Fed is playing this game too, you know. Uh, they tighten and see how that goes. If you know they tighten too much, which is good, they control the inflation. Like I say, like everybody is talking about the soft landing. You know, like there's no point of talking about a soft landing. They just <laughs> keep, you know, Fed made it so clear. Inflation is the top priority. Yes. they're gonna keep pricing on it, and uh, you know, uh, try to control it and uh, hiking, hiking until they feel comfortable. You know, inflation is under control. If we were lucky before, you know, inflation really. You know, got into under control before you know we got hit a, a recession. We we're lucky we got a like a soft landing, or you know we just <laughs> we went to we, we were gonna go to a, like a hard landing for sure. You know, it's it's just a matter of luck. You know how how lucky we are, but I think you know we we should be prepared, and uh, we're gonna run into a recession. So you don't think that they waited too long to act aggressively? Uh, they waited a bit long, uh, but I think after that they did. Uh, pretty well they you know mm -hmm. uh, they jump up the, the hiking you know be as aggressive they can and uh, now i don't think they are uh, uh, behind the curve anymore we actually if you look at our march newsletter uh, we we tried to argue that mm. uh, fed is no longer behind the curve <laughs> <laughs> i do like what else you said too the fed the fed has blunt weapons not surgical tools <laughs> yeah no no so like why bother right talking about soft landing on a even like Jay Paul, right? Like last Friday, he came out. Even he said he's he's not sure we're gonna get a like a soft landing or, or not. It really <laughs> depends, you know. Depends on how like inflation, is, how quickly we can uh, control the inflation. Yeah. But one thing I want to point out, though, this time around, our economy, the the uh, the households, the 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 corporates, you know, mm -hmm. are really healthy, and we have to admit that. And the labor market is insanely healthy. It's too healthy, mm -hmm. you know, so it, it wouldn't hurt to let like the labor market cool down a little bit. Uh, that uh, makes sense why I saw the article saying that B of A analysts were, were saying that Powell wants basically a corporate free hiring freeze. <laughs> That's true. Amazon start uh, finally, you know, like, you know, you, if you follow Amazon's earnings, they, they stopped hiring. Because last two years, they spent so much money hiring everybody, <laughs> <laughs> building their like, you know, Logistic, logistic infrastructure, which is a good thing, but you know they have done too much. Now it's a good sign, mm. you know they stop hiring, and uh, yeah, you know my in my wildest dream, this time around, and the Fed is being so aggressive. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, they're gonna make Europe, make it China, all the emerging market uh, get into a recession. But the U.S. should be fine. You don't think we're gonna have a recession at least this year? Even we have one, it's gonna be a very very minor one. Mm-hmm. Uh, even we have one, it's gonna be a very minor one, just because the underlying strength is there. It's for real. Yeah. Because we did have uh, the latest GDP numbers were. That's a misunderstanding by the market. You oh. know. Okay. No, the underlying is it, what what you know. It's it's a trade. It's a trade. You know, and uh, it's the inventory parts uh, making this. You know, uh, 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 GDP growth is, looks really bad. Like oh, but no. all the like mm-hmm. consumptions, what well, the things that really matter, consumptions, business investment, they look in selling very very healthy. I'm not worried at all. Mm-hmm. If you look at it from uh, we actually analyze GDP report like really. Uh, 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 thoroughly, because uh, you know, although that's backward looking, but that really can tell you a lot of information, and you can really see this shift from the goods to services, and uh, you know, from a, a different angle. I'm, I'm, I'm actually very happy with the GDP report. It tells everything about the, the where we are uh, at this moment. Yeah, you're not, you're not worried about the supply chains staying slow, affecting affecting the growth going forward. Uh. Uh, if anything, you know, uh, uh, supply chain issues, you know, uh, uh, that that's not like uh, affecting our growth that much. That has much bigger impact on uh, on the uh, on the inflation part. I actually would like to, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I, I would like our growth to slow down a bit more <laughs> and let you know let the supply and demand become more balanced and to help on the inflation uh, problem. If anything, at this point, giving QQQ has been done like as like a re- QQQ has pressing in a recession already, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I would like to have a minor recession to make everything reset. Mm-hmm. You know, you smooth out everything, and we, we 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 you know we go back on the right track. I don't like yeah. what <laughs> we have right now. It just feel like you know you you're so twisted. You know, it's not working smoothly. You for whatever reasons. Now we need a recession. To a certain extent, to 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 sort things out, then we get get back onto you know much healthy growth track. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the charts, I don't know how how into technical analysis you are, but just looking at the explosion from after those lows in March 2020 mm-hmm. and how much we've risen up without a real significant pullback. I mean, this is the first significant com- uh, you know dr- pullback from those highs. Yeah. But it definitely feels scary. Uh, the way they were selling off uh, over the last week and a half has, yeah. has looked pretty it, frightening. It is, you know. Uh, uh, we, especially for growth managers like ourselves, because uh, a lot of like SaaS names, for example, I believe, like some people, we didn't do that analysis, but some some of our friends did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think on average, like no matter you're a very good quality, high quality company or not, your stock like down more than like fifty percent. Right. Yeah, in the SaaS space. Mm-hmm. So that's how just how severe this you know <laughs> correction has been. Yeah, growth has, and it's it's really weird the way the markets have been lately, where it seems like there's five or six names that are holding up each main index. So like the spy may only drop, may only be down you know twenty percent or so from the highs or twenty five or whatever it is, but uh, like went over like half the companies. <laughs> Are down more than fifty percent from their highs too. That make that up. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> we, we we started with the rotation, kind of like you rotate out of a growth into value, right. right? That was the first. I think the first quarter. That's the the, the theme. Mm-hmm. I think we we gradually, you know, we get into the second stage of this thing, you know, capitulation. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm actually waiting for the value stocks, you know, to to drop. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's what the, the whole market is waiting for. Yes, and the you know the, the you know once they started like a capitulate, uh, <laughs> then we can finally get some buying. Yeah, we we see the, the 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 real bottom of the market, and hopefully by then you know the the inflation is also under control. Uh, that's where my uh, if you have to ask me today, mm-hmm. I'm really looking at the, the second half of this year. I think we are gonna see the bottom of the whole the the true bottom of the whole market, mm-hmm. and hopefully inflation is also back. You know. Uh, 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 back under control, and the uh, Fed doesn't have to be as aggressive as they are today, and because the market has pressing in very, very aggressive Fed. Right. If there is any sign, you know, Fed doesn't have to be that aggressive, we're gonna get a very healthy, you know, right uh, rally. 
that's where the new cycle starts. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Uh, what about with the the qualitative easing or the what's the one for the actual reduction of the assets? Tightening. Tightening. Balance, uh, yeah, balance sheet uh, uh, reduction, yeah. I mean, with as with as much money as they pumped into the the, the market since what, 2008, I think the 2008 2009. Yeah. yeah. Um, if they start pulling that out, what sort of effect do you think that that's going to have on on the markets? Uh, first of all, put things into perspective. Fed has only done that once, right? You know, last like a cycle. Mm-hmm. Believe, like they started like a twenty. Uh, uh, 2018 and did it until like 2019. Then they they we ran into this. You know, if you still remember re- repo market uh, crisis. Oh uh, yes. And uh, you know that's if yeah, equity guys might may not like pay attention, but if you're a rich guy, you're in the credit market. So like uh, you know, I forgot like September or, or October, uh, uh, 2019. We 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 ran into that problem. That's mainly because of like the QT. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have been. They have done that, you know, too aggressively, and they that Fed realized the problem. They stopped the QD and they fixed the problem. So uh, that's the only, you know, uh, uh, time they done that. So this this time around, you know, they they changed their like strategy a little bit. First of all, they became more aggressive. Second, they, they you know. They started doing this a lot earlier than last time, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, they have done some research and claiming this is good for like you know, uh, keep the, the the curve you know uh, treasury curve like more steeper, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, which the, you, you you because nobody likes a flattening curve, right? <laughs> uh, but you know that's all research. We just don't know. That's just a straight line. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we just don't know how this is going to work out, and uh, so that's why. The Fed is going to be uh, very. I think they're going to be very, you know, careful and uh, uh, see how that goes. And uh, I'll be very surprised that they just, you know, they uh, they're gonna just push uh, very bluntly, uh, you know, uh, in terms of the QT. Have they said if they're going to be actively reducing the balance sheet, or are they just letting assets expire? Uh, so far, you know, uh, the message we uh, have heard, like from the latest FOMC meeting. Actually, on the treasury part, they are not going to actively selling. Uh, and mm-hmm. but for the uh, MBS and the mortgage-backed security portfolio, uh, I don't think they. Uh, I think they should keep that option open. That's my takeaway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, uh, let's leave that to later because we don't know. It's well, you can take- speculate all you want. As soon as the next yeah. meeting comes around, it could all change. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. But and it's fun that- to speculate. Yeah. And if you're right, then you can point to this uh, recording and tell all your friends about how smart you are. <laughs> right. <laughs> but the tricky thing is here. I think there's some misunderstanding there, uh, guys. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people, when you're talking about the QT, a lot of people, you know, there is implication on the, the asset side of the, 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 the Fed's balance sheet. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if uh, uh, people have done a lot of like, research, it's really about the, the liability side of the, you know, central bank's balance sheet. That actually matters uh, uh, for the, you know, risky market. Oh. Uh, uh, you know, uh, the guy from Citigroup and uh, Matt King, uh, I like his research a lot. And uh, he, has, has, he has had a, quite a very interesting, you know, uh, uh, take on that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's this reserves. It's really the, the size of the reserves or the marginal change of the reserves is going to, has been, you know, affecting the, the uh, you know, the equity returns. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, actually, we mentioned that in our, uh, you know, uh, April monthly letter at the last section. Uh, we now also have a new framework. We, I, call, I call it a quantitative, a quantity factor. And uh, but you know it's not only QT has an impact on that one. Mm-hmm. It's also a, a many other factors. You know how how much money like a treasury is going to leave on you know a, a, you know a, a Fed's balance sheet. It's how the how all the money market fund how they are going to use this you know reverse repo uh, uh, facility at the central bank. Mm-hmm. All those things are going to have impact on the eventual the change of this you know reserve. And so it it becomes a actually very tricky thing. It's not only about QT, so that's the you know the message I'm trying to you know uh, give to the audience. Mm-hmm. It's not only about the QT. Actually, treasuries you know has a much bigger role to play uh, to decide you know uh, how this quantity factor is going to affect 
the equity returns. Mm-hmm. So let's see. You know, next time, hopefully, uh, next n- next month, you guys can see our like a monthly letter. Right. And we're gonna keep, <laughs> you know uh, following that. Yeah. And that that's on the Esoterica Capital website. Yep, under the resources. Yes, it is. <laughs> Spend, it sounds like you spend most of your time doing fundamental analysis on macroeconomic environments. Uh, well, we do. Yeah, you know, here we got a, a team of six. Actually, we have like six analysts, myself included. I'm the portfolio manager, but you know, I I'm more coming from the top-down approach. I pay more attention to the macro, like themes and uh, risk premium, and uh, like which part of the, the the market you would like to take risk. And the other analysts are more focusing on, you know, different sectors, semiconductors, software, internet, you know, so on and so forth. So that's, that's how we, you know, that's our investment process. I'm looking at the other people, because I think we were looking at maybe uh, scheduling something for the, who is it, Wee Wang, I think, is the one who does the, uh, the focus on semiconductors? Uh, Yang, Yang is the one is focusing. Oh, uh, uh, some of our new analysts, uh, you know, yeah, you don't see them on on, on our website yet. Yeah, we need to update that. <laughs> I notice here yeah. you have a chief scientist of artificial intelligence and big data. Oh yeah. Oh, that's a uh uh uh. Well, uh, you know, we use like that's 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 an old project we used to have. You know, we try to incorporate that, but you know, uh, unfortunately, we stopped that project. You know, this is too much burden for a small shop like us. Ah, uh, uh, okay. It needs much more investment than what we can afford at this point. So now that's uh, we we kind of like stop that. You know, hopefully, if we grow bigger, <laughs> we bring that back. <laughs> <laughs> We're always excited about learning about AI and how people are trying to incorporate it into yeah. uh, into uh, you know market strategies or investment strategies. I know we tried that. You know, like at the beginning of this whole thing. Uh, we really try to use AI and big data to figure out, you know, the 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 whole like a semi supply chain, ah. and hopefully we can, you know, try to. That's how we approach it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, uh, to be honest with you guys, data is so expensive, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, and also, you know, uh, you pay big bucks on those things, and you are not sure if you can get anything out of it. So oh, that's right. Yeah, we have done. We, 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 yeah, we tried a couple of months, and then later, you know, uh, we fi- we realized this is uh, too much for us to to carry on. So we kind of like stopped it. You know, uh, let's see. Hopefully, going forward, we we, we get another chance. Uh, you mentioned uh, a few different times that you you're striving to help uh, the retail crowd, uh, the mm-hmm. smaller investor. Like, what what are some of the things that you wish retail investors knew? Like, if you could put out material that you know that everyone would read who wants to be an investor what what would you give them uh, that's actually a very good question so i uh actually you know if you, the, our library i we try to lay out some very fundamental like techniques or tools mm-hmm. retail investors can use like for example having a portfolio perspective rather than just trading stocks right mm-hmm. and you do your own asset location and uh, you know I know a lot of people started like a decent, like a 60 40 portfolio. And, uh, 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 but I still believe, you know, uh, for any retail investors, they should have, they should start with as allocation framework rather than just, you know, really getting into picking stocks. Mm-hmm. I think in long run, that goes a long way. Uh, well, you know, then just uh, keep learning all the basic stuff. And uh, I don't think investment, you know, is hard, but I think that's a skill everybody has to have going forward mm-hmm. uh, we you know uh, very few people have like db plans these days right so you have to manage your own retirement funds right well, i used to manage like dow chemicals you know db plans <laughs> wow that's a big fund <laughs> it is we, 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 yeah and um, i i don't think you know uh, younger generations especially uh, you know, call, most of the corporates don't offer that, you know, uh, benefits anymore. Not really, uh, no. So the most that you have is the 401k, but still you need to manage your own, like, you know, uh, 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 investments. So start learning all the basics. And this is not like, you don't need a fancy stuff. You don't, you don't need a, like, you know, PhD. You don't even need an MBA for this, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but <laughs> stick, stick to the basics. And I think uh, that's going to be very helpful. And keep it simple. Uh, that's another thing. Mm-hmm. Keep it as simple. 
uh, those are the things that when we are at least I'm writing stuff I you know I try to uh, uh, think from their perspective if they can understand this and they can at least you know they don't need to become like market uh, you know uh, experts but at least they get like you know uh, the the gist of the whole thing and right. uh, feel comfortable like uh, you like you know using our products mm-hmm. and uh, 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 to be honest with you I think for most uh, you know retail investors. They should stay away from picking stocks. Right. Leveraging the ETF. Those are the very helpful tools, you know. Just buy the QQQ, buy the SPY. I think they don't have to buy WGI. But I will appreciate it if they buy. But, uh, you, right. know, <laughs> if, you know, that's what I mean, something like, that I have said for years, too. Uh, like, we, after, you know, almost two years of doing this, mm-hmm. finally realized like how much work is actually in it. So anytime somebody asks us <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or like they want to get into it, it's like, just buy the spy. <laughs> exactly. Buy the spy exactly. and then learn. <laughs> yeah. I tell them to pick an industry they think is going to be uh, around in 10 to 20 years and find yeah. an ETF for that one. Yeah. Also, like uh, that's something people in this country, I mean, in the United States, they didn't realize how lucky they are. Mm-hmm. They have such a very, very healthy financial market. Because U.S. market is the well, probably the only one market that delivers like a very healthy, you know, risk premium. Which means mm. if you take risk, you get paid. Right. So buy and hold actually works. This is now true for many other countries, many other like uh, markets. Emerging markets like hmm. China, like you know, even Taiwan, even Japanese markets. Yeah, that doesn't work that way because the, they don't have a very healthy, like you know, the, their equity markets don't have this much like risk premium. So if mm-hmm. you, 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 you know, the, those are the like the only options you have. You have to trade a little bit. You have to timing the market a little mm-hmm. bit. Otherwise, you get screwed. Buy and hold doesn't work for them. But the people here are so lucky. You know, they don't realize uh, how lucky they are. <laughs> that's, be- that's because the one area we are lacking is an education in that. Yes. You think that in high school, they do some sort of financial education, but there's just nothing. Is that something they do uh, over in Asia? Well, when I was like, I did my high school back in Asia, so I didn't learn that either. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. so that's kind of a uh, common thing. <laughs> it is a common thing. I think investment education is lacking everywhere and yes but that's good people like us we we want to do more we should do more and i think we are doing the right thing (laughs) oh for sure yes (laughs) i really like what you guys are doing the more i've looked through your website the more impressed i've been thank you i appreciate that hopefully you know we get more resources we grow bigger we can do more uh dan do you have anything else you want to ask i think we're starting to run up on our time here no, this has been fantastic. I really, really have, en- have enjoyed your insights into the economies and the markets. Thank you very much, guys, and uh, I appreciate that. Hopefully, this is help. You know, can help be helpful for your audience as well. Okay. I, I think so. Uh, where can the people find you? Well, uh, co- come to our website, and uh, you know, and also come to our LinkedIn, and we post our stuff there. Uh, you know, we, 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 you know, we try to be more, you know, active on social media. Um, I know we need to do more on Twitter and people actually can find me on Twitter too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, make sure I add you before we're done here. <laughs> uh, the website is esoterica cap, C-A-P, no spaces. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the LinkedIn, all the other stuff. We'll make sure we have links in that in the episode description so everybody can find that easily. And check out their uh, ETF, W-U-G-I. 5G in Chinese. 5G, yeah, that makes it easy, Kyle. Good, good. I, I assume the woo is five. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I learned I learned two words today, or at least a word on a letter. There you go. Baby steps. Right. Well, Bruce, we're really happy to have you with us. Uh, I'm glad you made time and were able to... <laughs> Thank you for having me, guys. I apologize for the internet. Oh, no, it's no problem at all. Uh, hopefully, we can get some more people from your team on. I know we were uh, working with Wendy to try to get uh, the other fellow. Yeah. Uh, the young. Yeah. Semiconductors uh, expert. Uh, young, yes. Young, young, Thank young, you. Young used to work at Alliance Bursting with me, and he's covering the you know semi, global semi for like 10 years. And uh, uh, you know uh, he has a lot of things to offer, I think. And uh, if you guys happen to run out, you know, semi overview all podcasts and i think he's the right guy and, oh i think that'd be a great uh, one to do yeah both in u.s and asia china 
and really, you know, uh, see like how things are going on two ends. And I think that's a lot of things going on, mm-hmm. and it would be helpful. Helpful. We also have a you know a China policy analyst. Oh, uh, he actually just graduated this year from uh, Harvard Kennedy School, and okay, uh, based in Boston right now. And we have done a lot of like China policy research, and you know those are the things we could contribute as well. Yeah. Well, before you run off, then maybe we should ask you, um, what are your thoughts on the threats of the delisting happening? Uh, uh, potential delisting of the Chinese stocks from the U.S. markets. Do you think that will actually happen? Or hold on, let me get my popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it really depends on this auditing stuff. You know, and I think mm-hmm. two countries are working on it. Uh, but we just don't know the, how the progress is. But one thing I wanted, um, I, that's my conviction. Uh, even, even, you know, like uh, delisting doesn't happen and the Chinese firms can, are going to follow the rules, come to US, get listed here. But I think, you know, the, uh, uh, the new companies coming to the market, I don't think, you know, ADR is their top choice anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to get more listed in Hong Kong. And uh, so that, that, I mean, the ADR game has changed mm-hmm. for good, no matter how this delist thing are going to work out. You're the, you're the second person to tell us the exact same thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, you know, uh, hopefully we are right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, Harold Vanderland from uh, HSBC, he's their chief Asia equity strategist. And he was saying the same I, thing. I, yep. Yeah. Yeah, I think, like, for example, ByteDance, you know, the parent company of, the, you know, TikTok. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a long rumor being out there for a long time. They, they are seeking ways to get, you know, uh, listed, go public. And, you know, just think about, like, how, how much TikTok is going to worth, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, uh, uh, I don't know how they are going to do their IPOs because uh, a lot of, like, uh, rumors out there. Uh, but, you know, I think their primary target, oh, they're only allowed to get, you know, listed in Hong Kong. I, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if that's uh-huh. their choice. You know, things like that, you know, the, the companies, high, really high growth, high quality companies, I think their primary, you know, uh, listed you know, uh, place is going to go to Hong Kong. Uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's my opinion. It would not surprise me after speaking to all the other experts who said the exact same thing. Yep. <laughs> not my own thoughts. <laughs> I just <laughs> <laughs> I just hear everybody else saying that. Yeah. Well, Bruce, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we'll let you get back to your thing. You probably get your day is ready to start now since it's, uh, I think, morning over there for you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, guys. And it's, it's a lot of fun to do this with you guys. Oh, good. Good. Maybe next time we'll prepare a fun game for you. <laughs> There you go. Dan, you want to wrap us up? All right, folks. Thanks for sticking around to the end. We want to thank you once again, uh, Dr. Bruce from Esoterica Capital. And uh, sadly, we do have to end the episode, uh, but we will be back at you soon with another exciting adventure. Until then, happy trades. Bye, folks. Thank Thank you, guys. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks and the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. 
From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hopefully this is the last time you'll hear this ad. Because with Chime checking account features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe, and getting paid up to two days early with direct deposit, you can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade to spend more time listening to your favorite podcasts, or at least grab yourself an extra morning latte this month. Join millions of Chime members who work on their financial progress with fee-free overdraft and no monthly fees. When you find new ways to save, you can reach your financial goals easier and still have the occasional treat. Take more control of your finances and say goodbye to monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals 24. That's chime.com slash goals 24. Chime. Feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA, members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com slash disclosures for details.